0: And yes, you may have to make the tough decision, but that doesn't entitle you to just override our perspective. You know, we got to walk, we got to work it through. We got to walk that mile together and not just you shut me down.
1: Are you experiencing lack of mentorship and might not want to ask because you don't want to look incompetent? Is the thought of being imperfect keeping you from taking action? Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans Season 3. Each week, we interview senior leaders to uncover the inner workings of being a strategic leader and how they curate a corporate coaching culture. We debunk some common misconceptions by exploring their failures and successes as imperfect humans. This weekly mentorship will help you with tactics to play the game, navigate the politics, and think strategically. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here's your host, award-winning coach,
2: well, there you have it, everyone. Welcome to another exciting week. I have the infamous uh, Damien Mills here uh, from uh, JLL. He knows he's infamous. Don't laugh yet. Wait wait until I get into it, Damien. Um, Damien is the Executive Vice President of JLL, for those who may not know, Jones Lang LaSalle, um, here in Calgary. However, this is an international company, and he leads the office practice group in Calgary here. he's He has been working working with Calgary for probably the most, what, past 30 years or so, where the bulk yep. of his practice is around tenant representation, where he um, advises large corporate or, corporate uh, users on official um, and effective ways to real estate strategy, which I really feel a lot of people are not as strategic as they should be. And I know Damien works in that space where he really helps them align their enterprises, values and clear expectations when it comes to real estate plan, which in the commercial world can sometimes get messy and sometimes not clear. And what I like specifically about Damien's piece on this is that, aligning on that clear return on investment is really important, something that people I think often um, miss. Looking for that alignment and clear return investment is really uh, the cornerstone of real estate um, practices when it comes to clearing, making sure you have that clear path around the environments that uh, Damien's and his group help curate around for their employees. So Damien is an industry leader in the strategic thinking uh, area and well-known. Known for being a subject market expert in all commercial office activities in Calgary and across Canada. Welcome to the podcast and show, Damien. Did I miss anything there?
0: No, it's a pleasure to be here, Kyle. Thanks for the invitation. And uh, yeah, my peers who are your clients were quite excited to have me on the hot seat so
2: yeah i I can't i'm sure they're gonna be waiting for this coming out going okay hold on guys let's just listen to it if they could hold like an oscar party while they're listening i think that would be fantastic i think think the trick for
0: success was whether they share this on their linkedin page or not
2: (laughs) I like that. I like that. I think there's one or two I I could see doing it for sure, for sure. So, Damien, you know, when we talk about, you know, inspired action for imperfect humans, a lot of people have this perception that as a senior leader, we've got it easy. Has it been easy?
0: Uh, No, no. I I think uh, the sleepless nights, the scars, um, you know, these these are wrink- these wrinkles are a roadmap of what not to do <laughs> what not what to do
2: well, well we'll get into that did you like what was your thought you know being younger starting out you know when you thought of leadership like what what did you think it was
0: you know i've been ex- accused in my career of My standard MO is begging for forgiveness, not asking for permission. And so in in the early part of my career, leadership was something I took or you were given and you just drove. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that is probably the land, the biggest landmine I throw in in front of myself is that idea that leadership is somehow entitlement to be there. And I think, uh, you know, when you step on that landmine for the first time and you realize, oops, that's not really what it's about.
2: Yeah. So, you know, with that, You know, you're actually leading into some pieces that I'm always curious about, which I think sometimes people feel there's no failure, right? Because I know, you know, when we think about the emerging leaders out there, either people who are new to leadership or people who want to take their leadership to the next level, there is that fear of failure that kind of comes up, right? And, you know, like you just said, you got to step on some landmines to realize that, oh, okay, maybe there's a different way, even if you've mastered the begging for forgiveness versus permission like what has been some of those failures for you if you could uh remember or maybe share with us
0: well i i want to just speak to very specifically fear of failure it cannot be a roadblock you know i think i think if you if i look at the best leaders that i've had the good fortune of working with they're not afraid of failure you know failure are those scars that teach you how to do it better and so failure is not failure you know failure right. is did i execute correctly or did i investigate correctly mm-hmm. um, i think the biggest failure in my career as a leader is that assumption that i must be right mm-hmm. and my failure was perspective my failure was understanding not only how my perspective might be flawed from lack of information lack right. of digging but also i gotta walk a mile in someone else's shoes so the oh. as a leader I think the, the biggest failures I had was where I neglected to empathize with those that are along for the ride with me. And all of a sudden, those that you think are there propping you up, holding the ladder for you, um, actually are going, whoa, no, no, I'm not holding that ladder. You invented that problem, you fix it. Um, so I, I think that that probably is in my career was with that very much, Drive, intimidating personality, drive forward, and just fail to really understand how dynamic perspective is. Understand opposing point of views. Evaluate those. You know, even if you have to evaluate them quickly, don't overlook them. You know, there is not one. There's never one story. There's a reason. There's multiple stories and multiple paths, and you better explore them. You might. You might pick one that's, you know, got reasons, but. You, you probably should do the risk reward analysis of those other ones. It right. might have taken you in a different left turn.
2: Now that's interesting, Damien. Because I think you and I have quite a few things in common. We talked about our drive, right? And I think sometimes people may, at least that's the feedback I've received, right? There's times where they say, you know, Kyle, you're ready to go so fast and moving so fast that you forgot that we're behind here, like we're we're still waiting. And it's not because I didn't feel that they—they didn't provide any value. It's just because I'm so motivated by drive and and direction and results that sometimes that needs to happen. And so what I like. That you said is there's moments where you kind of have to, you know, take that step and recognize and empathize. I think it was a word you used to say, okay, well, where are they? Are they ready for this drive? Or did I get all the information? Because there's times where, you know, I, I know this is going to be a big secret and surprise to you. You know, I have acted on probably half information right i may not have the full information and so i've made those decisions and so you know and how do you stay mindful of that though that you're able to slow down enough to you know kind of empathize with these folks that may still not be there yet you know to ready to take you know the next step
0: when your dna is being creative and i like to think myself as being someone creative in the space that i'm in one of the problems is being creative and then labeling on the assumption, I thought it, I must be right, drive forward. Right. Um, you know, like there's many tables that don't sit straight because they, they measured once and cut. And that old <laughs> adage of maybe yeah. I should measure twice. So before right. I before I just assume and drive forward, maybe I better test those assumptions. And, and I think as a leader, being able to test assumptions on those that are with you um, in the race with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are the people that are there to to make sure that you do measure twice and challenge, not only challenge your authority, challenge your perspective, challenge your creativity, uh, recognizing that that challenge is actually your superpower. You know, right. as soon as you just drive forward with an assumption, there's always risk. And so, again, having great people around you, actually but does become some of your superpower because your creativity is now entitled by the support and energy of everybody else. So you know, that one and one equal three is because that energy comes along. And so just load just load testing your idea on someone you trust and respect often makes your idea that much stronger. It's and in our business, it's sales, right? We're a sales culture. Mm -hmm. So you know, it, it basically tests, is the market ready for that path? And sometimes mm-hmm. the market's not going to Your idea could be brilliant. You know, right. the first person to think of live streaming instead of Betamax. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. But, you know, remember the guy that did live streaming, it didn't work. <laughs> Napster kind of worked for a little yeah, bit. Exactly. It, it took Steve Jobs and iTunes to, to make yeah, it work. Of course. You know, so you don't have to be first. Maybe you do have to catch up with platform mm-hmm. and tools and everything, so that when your idea comes forward, it's much more robust. So I think that's probably a big part of that.
2: Yeah, hey, you know. Uh- I find, like I said, in, in previous world for me, I find sometimes people may not feel they could approach us, right? Because when you are a few positions removed or you hold a certain title in an organization, because sometimes I hear even for some of my emerging, you know, leaders, clients who says, hey, like, how do I set the next level? And I said, this is great. How do we have a conversation with your EVP or your senior guy? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't think he'll be receptive. Whereas you just said, hey, there's times where you don't mind someone challenging here what it is like did we measure it three times did it do we need to measure it again I mean are you saying that you'd be open to that as well because these guys feel sometimes they don't want to speak to us about it
0: I, I'll give a specific example where a gentleman on my current team mm-hmm. still on my team I made a comment on a team call and I can't remember exactly what I said but it was something along the lines is where did this become a democracy <laughs> basically shutting him down Wow. Yeah, I got I got a call after that meeting, and he correctly called me out on that comment. Yeah, like that's not our culture. And yes, you may have to make the tough decision. But that doesn't entitle you to just override our perspective. You know, we got to walk. We got to work it through. We got to walk that mile together and not just you shut me down. And uh, he was absolutely right. And I can tell you the apology was immediate. And I think an important part of that was, on the next call, an apology to the team, because it's one thing for a strong peer to stand up to you, but what was the message I sent to the 23-year-old on the team, right? who's not used to a 55-year-old shutting him down? Like, have I created a fear factor from them bringing their ideas forward? And so that was a, a really good learning moment for me to remember, yes, you've got to make some tough decisions, yes, some days you feel like the entire weight of the world is on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. But don't forget that by having a diverse team around you, your perspectives are empowered, right? Your perspectives are empowered, your decisions are now empowered. And most importantly, part of that is they're supported. So you've Mm -hmm. basically in my team of nine, my voice gets nine times as powerful. If other people adopt that perspective. So it was a very valuable lesson to learn.
2: I I like that. So, how did that happen? Because I find if the environment doesn't support that type of speaking up, then most folks don't because they may not be aware of it's even happening. You know, it's one thing we say, you know, uh, with culture is that it will happen with or without you. The question is, do you want to be deliberate about it, right? Do you want a culture where you didn't? really create for yourself when we talk about curating that you know corporate coaching culture that everyone feels they can speak up like was that just unique to this person or do you feel that that is something that you're actively doing on that team to make sure people feel that they can speak up
0: we're i i believe we're actively doing it on the team i think you know this is you know i've led a number of teams i've been in a couple Mm -hmm. of different companies and my success and failures speak for themselves but i think you know, I, I love I've always loved the quote if I see farther the most, it's because I stood on the shoulders of giants. Love that's that. not just the people that's not just people that mentored me, mm-hmm. but it's the giants that support me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they give me a comfort zone. They give me a community that allows me to elevate my game. And so remembering that it's their job it's my job to facilitate them empowering and informing my game. And so it suddenly changes the power coefficient on a team when the leader is looking at his team to empower him everybody everybody kind of thinks of the reverse the leaders empower the the team and yes they do but it's a two-way street and and that's the beauty of a really high functioning team i think is that yeah. there is that give and take and there is that empathy for perspective and i think in the last year and a half two years we've lived through some in phenomenal times where you know you just have to look at me 55 year old white male (laughs) privileged you know what's my perspective well my perspective is informed by that bias right right. right. you know when you when you start to have black people on your team and Mm -hmm. asian people on your team and women Mm -hmm. on your team and young people and older um that's some again i I talk that's my superpower right like yeah my privileged myopic bias is
2: now informed
0: by very different biases. And as a result, I think we're stronger.
2: Yeah. And, and so I, I happen to know a lot about your team, right? You have some real strong, ambitious people on your team. And one thing that, you know, uh, we often speak about is how do they, you know, how do, cause team is about a collective results. It's not to the individual result it's a collective results, which I know you subscribe to as well, Damien. How do you create that on your team where you remind folks that it's a collective results because you, like I said, I'm aware that your team, Team is quite ambitious and, and everyone plays a role in that. But how do you make sure everyone's diversity or in individual opinion gets a voice? Like, what would you say that? Because there's a lot of leaders sometimes out there, you know, that as they may be listening to this podcast and watching today, that they feel if they don't come up with a great ideas, they're not a leader. If they're not the ones who's coming up with all these great decisions, they're not a leader. Which, like you just said, it's there's a collective group That has to be able to contribute to this thing that some people are on certain people's shoulders some people are holding certain people up right to be able to do that but with you having such a competitive team how do you actually make sure that everyone gets a chance to say something at the table so to speak
0: time time it's i've got to give time um one of my weaknesses is i'm trying to be two steps ahead so sometimes somebody's sitting in the chair right beside me And I'm listening to them, but I'm thinking about what I need to say next and not absorbing Mm. and focus and time on them and giving that that platform where you're actually truly giving time to listen to perspective rather than, you know, some the pregnant pause in a conversation where everybody's thinking. And yes. somebody feels compelled to fill in the client space <laughs> yeah. rather than, you know what, yeah. maybe what we should be doing Sweet. is this collective pause and thinking and yeah. figure it out. And on a team environment, having meetings that don't have super structured agendas, mm. let people talk it through, let right. people have the floor. Um, you know, our team has three meetings a week. Mm-hmm. It's led by three different people rather than always me. Um, and And for good reasons. I, I'm a huge subscriber of we focus on our strengths, not our weaknesses. Oh, and if we're God. weak if we're weak in an area, then let's bring in someone that's strong in that area. And it's like, you know, now discover your strengths is not it's old news, <laughs> but in my mind, it's a cornerstone of my evolution as a leader was starting to realize, like, let's be clear, there's a lot of things I'm not very good at. Mm-hmm. And I could spend an awful lot of energy trying to get better at it, or I can go and bring a team member on that just fills that void and you know uh where they say opposites attract well sometimes it's you know you're really creating bringing those two poles together so you become a very big positive force so um to me that's giving them the space making sure you're respectful of your own weaknesses enough Mm -hmm. to vocalize them share them so that your teammates can vocalize and share those because there's a fear factor Mm -hmm. when they're they're the junior um, right. and then as a team look at okay well how do we take these and become the power couple um, as a result
2: damon thank you for saying that piece about the strengths because i can't tell you how many leaders i've worked with i've had to on train them on this whole thing that we have to be this well-rounded minimum weaknesses, all that I, we have to be so good at our weaknesses. And I'm like, why? And, I, and, and here's the thing, even in recruiting. We've set it up to fail by telling someone, you know, uh, tell me about your weaknesses. What's your weakness? I remember it's been a while I've had to interview for a job, but you know, I remember when I used to, and they would ask me that question, you know what I'd say to them, Damien? I said, vanilla cake. That's my weakness. It is vanilla cake. I don't know. What is it? And they're like, no, I mean, I said, you're not hiring me for my weaknesses. You're hiring me for my strengths. You want me to bring this to the table, right? Because if I'm weak on it, I'm sure you could hire someone else to be at that. And so when you said that piece around maybe being mindful of it and vocalizing it, because you may not know, there's a guy on your team that loves spreadsheets and he could be in spreadsheets all day, right? Where I could sit down and says, okay, can you put this in a spreadsheet? Like, I don't need to go be a master in spreadsheets. There may be someone on the team that has that strength that they want to be able to tap into. So thank you for finally saying that because I think a lot of leaders feel that everybody on their team needs to have, have this 100% well-roundedness, which doesn't make sense.
0: I would add one critical comment. We all hear the story, millennials are a problem because of this entitled generation. Right. I would go so far as to say leaders are a problem because they feel entitled. Yes. And I think as soon as you feel entitled, that's that's the biggest landmine that yeah. you're going to step on. Somewhere, somehow, yeah. you may dodge it, you may avoid it, but somewhere, that is going to blow you up, and uh, I think I use the expression "master of nothing, servant to all." Yeah, um, love that. Yeah. That's that's the style. I I, I yeah. really think, and that's, let's be clear. Yeah. that's the style. Nearing the end of my thirty-year career, <laughs> it sure as hell wasn't the style in the first ten years. I became a partner in a firm at yeah. thirty-one, so I was yeah. I was given the mantle of given the mantle of leader yeah. at thirty-one. Yeah. Yeah. My failings, my real failings were in assuming that I was entitled to that somehow. And I can assure you, I'm 31 years old, my experience hasn't entitled me to that. My my moving the needle or the Richter scale in commercial leasing in Calgary didn't entitle me to that. So what actually entitled me to that? Okay, so getting through that, starting to realize that my greatest successes are actually gonna be the successes of my teammates. Mm -hmm. that i then get i get the praise because hey look what your team did right it's like those accolades are are awesome it builds your Mm -hmm. ego Mm -hmm. but let's be clear you didn't get there by yourself
2: right I love that. I mean, you. what you just discussed, there was a question I had for you, which is about the silver lining of some of those failures. And I think you just really you know, hit it home there by saying, hey, it's a combination of all these things, because sometimes our entitlement as a leader, we think we're entitled to all these things that may not necessarily be true. Um, so just a couple final questions here, Damien, as we kind of wrap up, you know, with everything that we've kind of chatted about today, what would you say is um, uh, a challenge right now for you and your leadership?
0: Um, well, proximity.
2: <laughs> you know, I miss, <laughs> I, I miss,
0: I miss having people in the office. I miss having people around me. Um, you know, I, I get energy from the from team, them. and it's hard to do that in the virtual space. So, you know, I'm hoping that's very much a, a small piece of time that we're all going to get over. Mm. But I uh, get generally, it's that's probably um, the biggest barrier. You know, everybody's dealing with an economy that's shrunk in an enormous amount Mm -hmm. and so as someone that tries to wear the mantle for Mm -hmm. the pain and suffering of a team Mm -hmm. um, it it, some days it feels like a a load to carry but uh, again you surround yourself with good people the energy comes back very quickly um, and stuff and I I think uh, there's a quote that I'll share but it's all about Mm -hmm. um, the foundational aspirations of teams and Andre Agassi once said icing sucks if you don't have cake and so that foundational stuff is is so critical so as we go to look at this isolation period this virtual world where the human animal just can't come together and and participate it's like let's bake a cake again let's not just let's not worry about the icing let's bake that cake again and make sure that we're doing something that is is sustaining and fulfilling and you know, it's just not the sugar high at the top right. of the cage. It is actually a bit of sustaining, and um, and well, so I know there's another famous quote: "Give them cake," and she lost her head. So, <laughs> in how use um,
2: as you should, as you should. <laughs>
0: yeah. But I, I, I think it's, it's a time. We're in a time where fundamentals and that fo- those foundational elements um, are critical, and and my team knows this and you you know some of them yeah. my my probably my biggest single sentiment to them time and time again is there are no shortcuts no shortcuts None. yeah there's no shortcuts and that's that's sort of my mantra it's we're going to do we're going to outperform because we're we're not taking shortcuts
2: yeah, I love that. My, my final question to you on that was: What is one advice you would give? You know, an emerging leader, someone who really wants to up their leadership game. Would it still be that about no shortcuts? Or is there something else you wanted to add to that?
0: Um, well, no, I, I think no shortcuts is a good adage. But I think
1: mm-hmm.
0: every year, every every time it it's your turn to evaluate. I I think you have to look at the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you have to look at. You know, you can have a dream. You know, Thoreau said, if you built sandcastles in the sky, your work may not be lost. Now put a foundation underneath them. Right. And so as someone that is creative, as someone that is always trying to push and push and push, understanding, take the time, look back. What are the foundation I'm putting? That teammate of mine that loves to do financials. Well, what are the foundations Mm -hmm. that I'm challenging them to do? The other one that loves to have client engagement. What are the foundational elements that 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 he's got to do? So, um, I think the biggest thing is be introspective, mm-hmm. and always make sure that you're not getting so far ahead that you're failing on the foundations. And you know, obviously, we've gone through a period. I, I use I'm, as you can tell, I use a lot of quotes. Yeah. But you know, in the middle of an earthquake is not a great time to build a house. And if if anything has been earthquake-like in the world yes. of business and economics, COVID's been that. So trying to reset foundations as everything's doing this, not a great time, but don't forget that, okay, what are the foundational elements, those fundamentals that I do have to return to because they're fundamental for a reason. I can return to that safe platform and rebuild and I can be ready for the next you know, shaking.
2: Yeah, I I love that. Damien, thank you so much. You know, uh, for those who are listening, you've heard some really great mentoring um, with uh, Damien Mills today as we talk about being mindful of, you know, time, right? Being mindful of your team, being mindful of those people who may be surrounding you, right? Understand that you cannot get there alone, right? And also having that perspective, right? That, you know, you may have a certain perspective of certain ways. However, as a collective team, each of us have perspective and it's worth sharing sharing. We can't just be keeping that stuff to ourselves. It's worth sharing and being able to be able to do that. And then also you heard a little bit of some vulnerability that Damon alluded to when he talked about, you know, apologizing, right? Coming back and being mindful that there's other people on their team and based on a comment that he made and someone actually challenged that, and it's okay to have that challenge. It doesn't mean at the end of the day you're you're disagreeing with things. You're just challenging a thought or an action that's happening on the team, knowing that it's going to be collective. And so hearing that from the end of the day, for you guys to be able to step into that, that would be really great. Did I miss anything in that quick summary there? No, it's great. Makes sense. Thanks for the the time. Thank you so much, Damien. And for those folks who have not done already, please make sure you're subscribing, downloading to this podcast, sharing this, especially if you're from JLL. We need you to share this because people are going to want to hear the inner working of Damien Mills. And don't be afraid. That doesn't always have to be begging for forgiveness. Sometimes you can engage in in that asking of that uh, leadership perspective. So uh, until next time, thank you for joining. A pleasure having you guys listening. Uh, We have another exciting lead coming up next week. Take care.
1: Thanks. There you have it. Thank you for listening. It's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers. And we can only do that with your help. So, if you love Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. Provide a rating, download, subscribe, and share us on your socials. New episodes every Tuesday. You've heard from us. Now, we want to hear from you. Keep the conversation going by joining our private Facebook group, Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans, or go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca and tell us what is the inspired action you took this week next week an inspired action for imperfect humans it's a holistic approach i mean the money the business is an important side of things but if that's all i focused on with these individuals you know Alexi cares yeah. about his bottom line that's yeah. that's all he wants right